Hello, welcome to Gaming Fix, episode 289 on October 14th, 2023. I'm Allison, I'm hosting today, and I'm here with Pat. Hello. Hello. Uh, before, okay, so I don't normally have one um, it, it going like like Andre of Partner's Favorite, whatever, but before, right before we were start recording, we're talking about targeted ads. Uh, is is so, Pat? Do you have any particular favorite targeted ads that you've ever received? Mm, that's a good question. Um, you know, I mean, I've gotten some real wild ones. We were tied. This was sparked by time. Dot is. I got a weird Timu. I think that's how you say the name of the website. Timu ad uh, for like. Young children shirts and latex thigh highs, uh, so it's it's probably something like there. There was a while where I was getting these ads from Timu that had like, um, cooking utensils. I think that's what they were, but they were like really, really, really weird, and could have also been sex toys. I don't know. Who's um, to say? Yes, it was a real who's to say situation. That was pretty that was pretty wild. I can't think of anything more weird than that. Um I do like uh I I'm I, I think it's funny when you scroll down to the bottom of news articles and there's like drivers in X municipality that you live in or near are being are baffled by this new rule. Oh, Those the classic, always, like, one yeah. weird trick that doctors hate and yeah. have a, like, weird photo of something where you're like, even is that? And it's, yes. <laughs> or, or you have, like, what, I, I, I always love the ones where it's, like, um, targeted to your area specifically. Yeah, like that. Or it's like, what is this actor doing in Minnesota? And I'm like, I know for a fact that actor is not living in Minnesota. Yes. I yes, would have heard yes. about that if before because people would talk about, why are they in Minnesota? But yeah, so I, I, I get a couple of those for like, yeah, like this is what's happening in Minnesota. And I'm like, it's really not, but... Yeah. They want you to click it. Anyways. Yeah, it's funny. Anyways, uh, games. Um, yeah, games. Yeah, games. Games are good, I sometimes. Uh, and yeah, it depends, but most, de- most, of, the, most of the time. There's been a lot of good games recently. There so. has been. I, I know that there's a ton of uh, games that I particularly want to play coming up and that i've enjoyed lately so it's a it's a good time for games uh hope it's good that there's a lot of good games right now because of all the uh layoffs we've been seeing like so you know Uh, well yeah well not not to make it a bummer but yeah yeah i don't uh there's the the amount of bummerings happening around Listen, the world is all a bummer. All, I just yeah, I don't even have words for a lot of what's that stuff. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's like, do you, I don't know if I want to like slowly bring it up because this is kind of like yeah, it, this is it, a fun time for us. Yeah, fun I think, escape from yes, that. Yes, I think that's good, but definitely, yeah. um, 
layoffs being among the many bummers. Right. And uh, it is it is good to see um, at the very least that there's a lot of cool games coming out and that there's a lot of cool games. I forgot about cool games that have been like announced and on the way. Um, there's there's a lot of those, too. So Yeah, well, uh, one of the games I don't have anything really talk to talk about it, but um, because I just started it. Uh, I feel like even other you know, cool games that are in, in any other world would be focused on are just being are 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 being forgot are just kind of being forgotten because there's too many good games out there right now. Um, mm-hmm. Because I <clears throat> picked up uh, Wargroove two yesterday, and uh, it's the sequel to the. Um, advanced war like strategy game uh and yeah it, it it came out people kind of were like didn't talk about it and i think it's just because there's a million different games to play out there right now so it's uh it seems pretty um so far pretty familiar like pretty similar to the uh original war groove but uh it's 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 you know, it's it's similar, but it's it's that's a good thing because the original war group was really quite good. Um mm-hmm. I never I never finished it, so I'm like uh but uh from what I've seen there's it's right now I'm just kind of finishing up through the tutorial, but I I think it's a good start and I from what I've seen people discuss it, so it's a little bit more maybe accessible um to newbies, especially uh, I was looking at the um, difficulty settings, and there are a lot of there is like a lot of uh, things that you can do to kind of mess around with the difficulty. I'm I'm doing it on just normal, but you can go to easy, very easy, or story. So you know, just lots of if you're, if you're looking for kind of a way to jump into a turn based kind of strategy game or a tactics game maybe give that a shot it's very colorful and very beautiful and like the original war groove so it's uh yeah Yeah. so it's 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 a very cool game that i think that people aren't really talking about because there's just so many video games to be talking about yeah it came out of nowhere too (laughs) yeah it did yeah. yeah and and i just really liked the first war groove so i was like oh i should play the second one but it's you know, it's it's interesting how that works, where it kind of comes out of nowhere, and uh-huh. there's just so many other games that everybody's like, "Look, we we don't have time to talk about this." Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, speaking of more games that came out recently, uh, you've been playing uh what I think is a very pat game to to come with uh with Forza. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did think. Well, I mean, the other one is very pat too. (laughs) Yeah. Um. I. uh, But yes, I had been pretty excited about the new Forza, and um, and then kind of heard some stuff that was not super positive. I also there. There's like the response to it has been like it's got bad reviews on Steam, but I don't even. I mean. I think a lot of that has to do with the performance of the game, which I can talk about, but, mm-hmm. um, but I had been pretty excited about Forza and, um, and so I decided to do the game pass upgrade to play it early and started playing it last Friday. Uh, and when I first 
got into it, the performance was really bad, uh, which on PC anyway, um, mm. which was, was kind of disappointing. Uh, I tried it out with my wheel and I was actually kind of impressed with the way that the wheel worked, but it was, I was having such a bad time with the performance. So I switched to playing it on console where it runs well, uh, that it just was perfect out of the box there. Um, but then I, I don't know exactly what I changed on PC, but I got those settings working well too. Uh, so it's running fine for me on both now. And, um, I think it's really good. I think it's an interesting case study in like what people's perceptions of a good handling model are like mm. for cars because I the, the the real game to compare this to is Gran Turismo. Mm-hmm. And I think that Gran Turismo's presentation with all of the like coffee shop stuff and all of the like you have to get your car washed and you have to give it oil changes and stuff is way better than Forza. Um, it's super charming. Yes. Like but- I, as a non-car person, I was just like, I, I was very charmed by Gran Turismo 7. So. Yes. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really good, but I had a, and the, the slower cars handle really well. And I think it makes mm-hmm. good use of the dual sense features, but the, yes. the issue I had with Gran Turismo and kind of why I stopped playing is once you start getting into the really fast cars, mm. I felt like they were really difficult to control with a controller mm. that just felt very twitchy and it felt like I couldn't really, um, I couldn't really control the fine turning of the car like you can with a wheel. And because Gran Turismo is locked to the PlayStation, there's just no option for me to use a wheel because I'm not going to go buy another <laughs> racing wheel and unbolt the one that's on my, on my rig and rebolt it. So, um, but with Forza, I'm actually finding that what everything, I mean, there's everything in Forza from, um, like old, very slow cars all the way up to formula one cars. And I feel like they all are pretty, like they handle really well on a controller um, and I feel like I have a lot of, I can be very precise with inputs and I'm playing with minimum assists on a controller. So that means I'm using the controller steering model, which, um, I believe the way that it works is the faster you're going, the less sensitive, basically the stick is, uh, so that when you're going very fast, if you move the stick all the way to the left, it's just like a small, a slight move of the wheel and then once as you slow down more stick means more turning um i think that that's how that works that's just generally been the pretty accepted way to do car steering in in semi-semi games on controller there's also a simulation steering option i'm not positive what the difference between the two are mm-hmm. um, you obviously use simulation steering when you use a wheel but they tell you in the settings like don't do this if, if you're using a controller it's going to be a bad time um, mm, and then I also have, uh, ABS on, so analog brakes. So you kind of have to use that when you have a controller because, um, it's difficult to manage the threshold braking in with, with a trigger. Um, it's hard to like hit the brakes just enough to not lock up with a trigger because there's just not as much range of motion on a trigger as there is on a pedal. So, mm-hmm. um, typically in like, like most, most games you'll, you'll turn on ABS. So those are the only real assist options I have. I don't have any traction control or anything. 
and uh, and so it's been it's been challenging to kind of get a, the hang of the the driving model. But as I've figured it out, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, and I, th- I think the thing that's most impressive to me about the handling model is that different cars really do feel like they have personality. Mm. That's that's always been one of the things with Gran Turismo, and then also especially with stuff like the Crew and and actually Forza Horizon is I feel like the cars are all just like different numbers on a spreadsheet. Like they don't mm-hmm. feel demonstrably different to c- control. They just, some of them turn more, some of them turn less, some of them go faster and some of them like break better. And I feel like when you jump into a car in this Forza Motorsport, you actually can get to some of that, some of the handling really feeling unique to each car, which is impressive because it's a pretty big list of cars and that doesn't, not every single one of them feels wildly different, but that's also true. Once you get into different cars in the same class, they don't really feel wildly different. So, um, so I, I like all of that stuff a lot. Uh, the single player, um, is kind of leaves. I think if you're only interested in playing single player, I would, probably stick to playing this one on game pass because it, Mm. it it leaves a little bit to be desired. It's basically just the same career mode from the last Forza motorsport, which is fine. It's just like a list of series. Mm. Um, and there's not really a lot of personality there. They give you a little like lead in at least that says like, it'll say like, you know, these, these cars sacrifice luxury in order to be, uh, at the top of their, of their track game or whatever. And, um, that stuff's fine, but it, the bigger issue with it is it's like, it'll be like, you'll do a series that's like, oh, practical performance. So it's, it's, it's hatchbacks that you might actually own someday. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you'll do like, uh, track day and it'll be like, now it's cars you might own someday that are kind of fast and you might actually take to a racetrack if you had them. And then it'll be like super sedans. And it's like, these are practical sedans that go kind of fast. And it's it's sort of like all the way down that that line, the most the fastest cars you get into is like maybe so you'll do a series that has Porsches in it or something. And in the game, it has like Formula One cars and from multiple eras and GT3 cars, which are like very fast sports cars and prototypes and stuff. And those cars just aren't represented in the single player series. It's all like, what if this time we did practical cars, but only from the eighties and those cars are fun enough to drive, but it feels kind of like the, the game's not really taking advantage of the breadth of its car roster. And so it gets kind of boring. And then also there are like of the like 20 something series, there's like two or three of them that are, faster cars but they're all at the very end of the path for each of the like categories that they have so it's they feel like you know eventually you'll get to do them but but i feel like they could have sprinkled them in more like cars they're using this philosophy of like well you drive the slower cars first and then you drive the faster cars later Mm -hmm. and i don't know why that needs to be the case because they're all just cars. Right. So why can't I just start off by racing prototypes? That's if that's what I want to do. Um, 
So that anyway, the single player is not like it's bad, and the AI is actually pretty interesting. I guess is what I would say. It they use this um, difficulty rating where you've got a slider from uh, one to ten, basically, and the AI gets faster as you increase the slider. And they actually do tend to get better at racing too. It's not just that their lap time lap times increase. Um, and I do like that aspect of it. I feel like the AI is a little better than it was in Gran Turismo. Um, but the one frustrating thing is I usually drive it around a five difficulty. Um, and the jump to six a feels significantly more difficult. I feel like, and I wish there was a little, there was, there was a smoother curve, but also, um, the, the reason that it's difficult is often because it'll be like the first two AI drivers are way faster than everyone else. So it's a little frustrating because you'll be doing like a six lap race and I maybe break out, find my way up to third, and then I have faster lap times than first and second place. But because they're so much faster than the rest of the pack, they've spread way out and gotten far ahead and there's just not time to catch them in a in a short race. Mm-hmm. So that can be a little bit frustrating sometimes. But um, it seems like it's been getting better. I don't know if they're tuning it as they go or if it's there's algorithms or, or some kind of AI training of the cars that's happening as time goes on. Um, because it, that seems to have been less and less of a problem the more I've played it. And I don't think it's just because I'm getting better because... I'm just not seeing the the front cars get out quite so far ahead. So um, it's been a little bit better, and it is realistic to what actual racing is like. Typically, you know, it's it's an it's an exciting thing when cars are in a close battle for first place because typically it's usually the fights are around third to fifth place, not first and second. They do usually get out ahead, so it's not like it's totally unrealistic. Um, and then, but then the thing that really has me interested in this game or really has me enjoying this game is I think it's got a really cool multiplayer suite. Mm. Um, the multiplayer is very similar to the, actually the new multiplayer that R factor two is launched, which I'm a big fan of where you have um, spec series. This is not the same as R factor, but this, the structure of, of how the timing works is you have spec series and you have open series that's the other thing. This game has a kind of bad upgrade system. You level up the cars and you unlock parts for them and then you slot them in as upgrades. And it's not like semi at all. It's like now the car just goes faster because you put this restrictor plate on it. And it's like technically, yes, you could put a restrictor plate on it and it would affect the car's performance. But it feels weird that it's just changing the numbers how in a certain way and it's not really actually simulating what happens when you put these parts on cars. So that could be better. But um, anyway, in multiplayer you have spec and open series spec series are series where you can't, you don't upgrade the cars at all. You just drive them the way that they came. You can still change the setup of the car. So you can change settings like tire pressures and, um, tire camber and like your arrow settings if the car has a wing and stuff like that so you can still modify the car to your liking but it'll you can't add the upgrade parts whereas the open series includes all the upgrade stuff um but what's neat is 
in in sort of similar to the single player, there's a list of series in multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And you pick one, and then every half hour, depends on the series, half hour, 40 minutes, whatever, there's a new race happening. And so then you hit that you want to sign up for the next race, and it'll say, okay, well, what car do you want to drive? You can use credits, the in-game credits, to buy the cars uh, if you don't have a car for the race, or you can rent a car, mm-hmm. which it'll just give you the car, but you don't level it up unless you buy it. So um, meaning you're not upgrading parts, unlocking parts, but that doesn't matter for spec series anyway. Um, and then you get loaded into a practice session so you can practice driving the car around the track for the race. At any point during that practice session, you can do your qualifying where you set a time for the grid position and then, uh, and then the, and then it grids you up for the race and then you do the race. And then, mm-hmm. uh, after the race is done, you can keep racing that series and it'll just drop you into a practice session for the next race, usually with about 10 minutes left to practice and get up to speed. And so it's really cool because it feels more like, and then the track changes, you know, each race. Um, and then the series will be available for different lengths of time. Um, and it's really cool because it feels like a kind of similar system to something like iRacing where it has these scheduled races, mm-hmm. um, but it's not quite as intense in terms of like the the performance and handling models. So um, it, I think it really is a, an awesome kind of entryway for people. Uh, and I think that its structure is a little bit better to me than Gran Turismo's. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty hot on that. I also really like how they've um, set up the like pit strategy and race length stuff because there are short races, medium races, and long races. I haven't seen how long a long race actually is yet because there were only medium races the night I was playing. But short races, the races themselves are like, 10 minutes medium races they're like 20 to 30 minutes and then i assume the long races are closer to an hour and in the medium length races they they kind of artificially but it's fine because it works increase the tire degradation stuff um so you have to pit to take tires at some point and so in series where you can select tire compound that means that you have the choice between um, like going on softs or mediums or hards, depending on how you want to handle your pit strategy, which is a lot of fun. That's one of the coolest parts of sim racing is managing your pit stops. And the fact that they work that in, in the medium race is a lot of fun. And it's another kind of step for like your entry level sim experience, even though it's kind of a sim light handling model. So, yeah, so I like that stuff a lot. I don't think it's perfect, but uh, I think it's I think it's pretty interesting, and I'm hoping it's a platform that they're going to add a lot of content to over time to to kind of help. Um, if I have any other criticisms, the track list could be a little bit longer. They picked some mm-hmm. good tracks, but they're they're a little bit a little bit slim. I think there's like ten or fifteen tracks, maybe. So I would like to see some more of those for sure. Cool. No, it sounds that sounds interesting. It sounds like. Um... Well, for some people, especially if they're looking for a single player, it might not be what they're looking for. But for you, as somebody that likes the kind of multiplayer, it sits in, it's, it has a lot going for it. Yeah. Yeah, cool. 
definitely neat. So I, I'm sure this is not going to be the last time we'll hear about Forza from you. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll certainly see. And it's good to, uh, yeah, good. Uh, always good to have a racing update from, yes. from Pat. Yes, <laughs> yes. Doing a little yeah. more simming too. I was actually in a sim race last weekend. Weekend before, I can't remember now. I think it was last weekend. Uh, so yeah, that was. I'm I'm on the horse again for sure. Hell yeah, that's great. Uh, and there's um, you have another of your many interests uh, coming up are to, to discuss today. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, another very very pat thing to discuss, and that yes. is going to be uh, Pat's magic update. Yes. <laughs> uh, so this week, um, there the the new. Magic the Gathering's release mm-hmm. uh, is a set of Doctor Who Universes Beyond Commander decks, um, which is very exciting. They are really cool. Um, they look and- so good. I as as a non as a non Magic person, but uh, oh, man, I, I I want some of those. Doctor Who cards. Yeah, they're super cool. Um, so they are a universe is beyond release. So in the past, they've done Warhammer Forty Thousand. They've done um, the uh, Lord of the Rings set earlier this year. Upcoming, we have a set of Fallout Commander decks. Uh, there's Final Fantasy stuff coming in the future. And if these decks are any indication, I'm really excited about the direction that they're taking with Universes Beyond. So. Typically, when they put out pre-constructed commander decks, which is the multiplayer kind of social format, um, they're usually pretty straightforward to play. Uh, They're kind of designed so that new players can pick them up and jump in, which makes a lot of sense. These decks are very much made for people who play Magic the Gathering. It's kind of interesting. They clearly made these decks for Magic players who are fans of Doctor Who rather than to try to convince Doctor Who fans to play Magic. Interesting. Um, and I think it's great. Uh, I mm-hmm. think it's great when they focus on making approachable stuff for new players too, which is definitely more what Lord of the Rings was like. But they they went all out with the design of these decks in terms of them being like kind of complicated to play. Um, mm. And... The, the other thing that's cool they this with this release, which I think this is similar to the Warhammer release because that was Commander decks also. There's no set here other than the Commander decks, but the Commander decks, there's four of them. They're 100-card decks, and each of them, half of the cards are brand new cards mm. that are Doctor Who th- cards. And then the rest of the decks are reprints of cards that have, um, most of them, the lands, uh, that have Doctor Who art. Um, so 50 cards per deck means 200 new cards, which is still a lot of cards for commander from this release. And, um, most of the doctor who cards have quite a bit of complexity to them, uh, which makes this definitely a more advanced product than what you get from the typical commander precon release, which usually is like 10 cards specific to the commander deck. And then a bunch of cards from, the whatever set it's it's related to and so uh that makes these decks really fun to play in my opinion and you get that there's there's four of them they did a deck called masters of evil which is themed around 
the bad guys, the two commanders that you can kind of, well, there's three that you can use in that deck. I think one of them is Missy. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is Davros, the Dalek creator. And one of them is uh, the Cyberman guy, leader guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that deck is cool. It uses a mechanic called Myriad, where when you attack with something, it creates copies of that creature that are also attacking your opponents, uh, like your other opponents. So in a commander game, I say, I say, I'm playing against three people because it's a four-player game. I attack one of them, and then I get copies of the creature attacking one of them, attacking the other two players also. Um, and so it does a bunch of fun stuff with kind of making those tokens. And then there's ways you can like keep them around. Normally, you would sacrifice them after the combat. Um, and then it also has this villainous choice mechanic, which is fun, where it's basically like there's cards that have conditions that need to be met, but once they're met your opponent has to pick between two different bad things happening, <laughs> which is fun. <laughs> It'll be like, well, you can either take three damage or I get to draw three cards. Mm. And both of those things are bad for you in the long term. Um, so that's very fun. There's a deck called Blast from the Past, which includes every doctor before the ninth doctor. Mm-hmm. So all of the first eight doctors along with their companions. And... um that deck is just super fun. Uh, it's you, it's what's called a Historic Matters deck. So Historic cards are cards that are either legendary or artifacts. Um, and so you it'll do like cool things with your Historic cards and it will um, pump up cards based on playing Historic cards and stuff. Uh, and they just, they did a fun job with the modeling of the the, all the different doctors and and stuff there's there's like a card that you can win the game if you have 13 doctors on the de- on the battlefield or something like that um and it doesn't i don't think it has enough for you to win that way but you could combine that with cards from the other precons um and then of course it has a deck called timey wimey which is the one that is selling out everywhere and is the, the one, one that I is want. going for the most it was the one everybody wants because it is the nine tenth and eleventh doctors so you got your Chris Freckleston and your and your your uh, your David Tennant and your Matt Smith, and then you know possibly even more popular than them, you have your Rose Tyler and your Amy Pond in that deck. Um, and that deck, the the I pulled out some of the cards. They're like the mechanics that they came up with for them are so cool. Like the face commanders are the cards that they kind of advertise as being the cards that you use as your commanders. Um, typically in commander, you only have one card as your commander, but there's a mechanic called partner where you can have two. And so naturally the, the, with the, these decks, the companions all have, uh, the ability to partner with a doctor specifically. So, um, you can have like, uh, Rose and a doctor and like the, the 10th doctor, the David Tennant doctor has a mechanic that when you. Uh, when you attack, you can pull cards off the top of your deck until you find a non-land card, and then you put time counters on it. And then once the time counters, and then it gets a thing called suspend, which says that um, at the beginning of your turn, you take a time counter off. And when there's no time counters left, the card casts for free, basically. So he, it's cool because he can like pull cards out of your deck that maybe you want to be able to play in a few turns and then it'll put time counters on them and then you won't have to pay mana for them. And then 
you he also has an ability that allows you to pay a chunk of mana to add or remove time counters. It's called time travel from all your different cards that have time counters on them. So you can kind of manage, you end up with this like stack of cards that are all suspended and going to cast in like two or three turns. But then you can also use his ability to accelerate that or slow it down depending on how you need when you're going to need those spells to cast, which is a lot to think about, but um, it's a really cool way to to play a deck. And made even cooler by when Rose Tyler attacks, she adds time counters for onto her for every card you have out that has time counters on it. Mm-hmm. And then she gets stronger the more time counters she has. So you can end up in situations where it's like, there's like five or six things with time counters in your in your play area and she attacks and then now suddenly she's like a plus six plus six because there's because she adds a bunch of counters for the stuff that has time counters so it's a really cool thing but what's neat about these decks is that you can also mix and match companions and doctors to be your commanders like you could play the um the ninth doctor you could play the ninth doctor chris reckleston and rose and the ninth doctor's thing is that when he um when he untaps, you get an additional upkeep step, which the upkeep step is when your time counters come off of stuff. So you get to do it twice in a turn, or and and that could be interesting. And um, you could instead also play like Amy Pond and the Eleventh Doctor as your commanders, um, and they have a whole different set of ways that they interact with the time counters. So it's cool. And then they just did a really good job with like like the. Um, there's a reprint of this card, Farewell, in the deck, which is a very powerful um, board wipe. Where it'll the, the way that it reads is choose one or more, exile all artifacts, exile all creatures, exile all enchantments, exile all graveyards. So you can just basically wipe the whole board with it. And it's a classic magic card, a commander staple, because frequently you'll need to do that to prevent losing. But the art they did for it is the art of David Tennant like going into regeneration and saying goodbye to Rose and stuff. Uh, so it's like, and it, you, you like <laughs> the, with a lot of these cars, it's like, I'm, I, I, I just drew my hand and now I'm feeling emotional about the cards. <laughs> now I'm, yeah, no, I'm going to play this. I'm going to play this game and then be like, hang on a second. I'm just going to be emotional about Dr. Who for a minute. Yeah. yeah. There's, <laughs> there's stuff like, um, I love that. There's a card called everybody lives. And it basically like saves all the cards and and the, the flavor text on it is that like everybody lives rose just this once everybody lives. Uh so it's 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 really cool the the kind of the the way that they've reached into the history of the show to create these these cards and these kind of emotional moments. And there's things like it's gotten me to watch oh I should also say before I move on, there's there's a fourth deck too that is called Paradox Power that is um the Jody Whitaker and Peter Capaldi doctors. So um, the, they did represent them as well. Um, and there aren't any cards in this release for the new doctor, but the set director for this set that designed a lot of the cards and kind of managed it. He's an enormous doctor who fan, obviously. You I mean, have you'd have to be. <laughs> um, and he, um, he said that they are planning on, representing the 14th and 15th doctors um but they it's like he didn't explain further so there's going to be at some point another i don't know if they're going to release a fifth deck at some point or if they have like some extra like 
promos or boostery things. I'm not sure, but apparently they they are they they have held held some stuff back to be released a little later. Uh, so that that'll be cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, the 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 fifth the or the the um whatever twelfth and thirteenth Doctor deck is neat. It's it's all I played it last night actually. It's all about like putting counters on stuff because you're casting it from places other than your hand um which is a fun fun mechanic uh so did a really good job with those designs and uh they really incorporated i mean like there's a ton of stuff from the shows like i'm looking at a face of bow card which is very fun we've got you've got the rms titanic the spaceship titanic from that episode which is really cool um and and like themey like the titanic is a vehicle which is a magic card where you can like tap cards to crew it and then use it and it flies and it does a lot of damage it's got seven power but it also um when it deals damage it destroys itself and then you get a bunch of treasure tokens uh in in for for the amount of damage that it did um which is fun uh and there's just a ton of that kind of stuff it's been fun i've been watching the first doctor the william hartnell doctor run and it's fun to see how they've kind of put the um his different companions because he actually like at the beginning he has three companions and um they're all in the deck and you can partner them with him if you want and they all do unique stuff it's cool too to see how they chose like the episodes they chose art from like um susan his his granddaughter uh her art is her kind of like kneeling down to pet a giant ant and that's from an episode that i watched recently um called called land of the giants um and so it's just cool that they've they've really dug deep um they did a whole thing where each doctor has a saga so um you get and the saga cards in in magic are these cards that tick every turn and then each turn they have an effect and they tell kind of kind of tell a story so like in the past the cards have been used for like telling stories that are in magic lore and it'll be like my favorite saga is called the Akroan war and the first turn you take control of an opponent's creature the second turn um your opponent is forced to attack with all of their creatures and then the third turn um all tapped creatures are sacrificed and so it kind of tells the story of like there's a traitor and then they fight this war and then um, you know, the, the war is devastating and it, it kills a bunch of, it doesn't sacrifice it. They actually deal damage to themselves. Um, they kill, it kills a bunch of, of, of creatures. And so for, it's perfect for Dr. Who, because they picked an episode for each doctor and for each of the villains and represented them in these sagas. So you get like the bad wolf is the one for the ninth doctor. And, um, the, uh, there's, uh, uh, Blink is is one of the ones that's in the villain deck um, with the Weeping Angels, and uh, so it's cool that, that that they kind of came up with ways to represent the stories from the episodes too, um, and uh, and I'm just really impressed with it. I think it's probably my favorite Commander release that I've seen because uh, I think it just it nails the flavor. I think it even in a, in a way it's even better than the Lord of the Rings set as far as like these license sets are concerned. Uh, cause it just, it's, it feels very well designed and it feels like the people, 
that that worked on it really, really, really wanted to represent each of these things um, really carefully. So big recommend. They also did a set of um, collector boosters for it, which I think is a great way to do this. If you buy the decks, you get all of the new cards. You get everything mechanically unique from this set, which is not cheap. Like I, mm-hmm. I got, I got the the set of four for a couple hundred dollars. Um, and they'll all of the ones except the David Tennant deck are like forty to fifty most places, but the David Tennant deck is going for like seventy to eighty. <laughs> I'm so mad because I I don't play Magic, but I was like, oh, can I just buy that? Like in the and then in the future, like. If I play for magic, I'd, I'd have it. But now I'm like, God, damn it! I just, I just want the David Tennant one. It's not cheap, but um, I think that I don't know exactly how they do printings of these sets. I would assume they'll do a restock though. At some yeah, point. Um, I might just hold off and wait <laughs> because it's definitely, like it, they, um, with the way that this set works, it's a little weird because typically, like the last not counting the most recent set precons, but like over the summer they released commander masters precons and I have two of those. Those were like really expensive, but they're really expensive because of reprints that were in them. And they're cards that people know are have value. So like if you take apart one of those precons and sell the singles, if a store were to do that and sell them for like full price, Mm -hmm. it might be that they could sell they could get $150 for the cards that are in this precon. And so, you know, you probably pay 80 to a hundred dollars for the precon itself. Um, and that's price. It comes from that sort of value of the cards inside. Dr. Who decks are really weird because each one is half new cards that don't have a pricing history associated with them. So like as of earlier this week, if you had gone on to TCG player to buy singles of the, the timey wimey deck, you it was like four hundred dollars, but that price is, it's not reflective of what the price is going to be a week from now, <laughs> right? Because those are prices based on speculation and stuff. So, um, it's it's hard to say what impact a lot of these cards are going to have in the format over the long term. Um, but one thing that's cool that they did with this release and that they've been doing with set releases too, but I think it's this is sort of the the coolest deployment of it they have these collector boosters and they're kind of expensive for a sealed product. They're like, I, there should cost around $20, 20, like 20 to 25, closer to 20. Um, and they only come with 15 cards. So that's a lot of money per card. Um, but they're like really cool treatments of the cards. So, it's all cards from the pre-constructed decks. So it's no new cards that you wouldn't get in those decks, but they have, um, they're all at the very least like foil or borderless. So they have like extended art on them. And many of them are what's called surge foiling, which is really cool foiling technique. That is like, um, it's kind of like, uh, got like patches of like brighter foiling. Um, and that's, really cool people their surge foils always have higher value attached to them too so you get a bunch of surge foils um you also get these really cool uh tardis frame alternate arts so the card itself the border looks like the tardis i'm gonna find one and put it in our chat um and they in in addition they have uh they have 
comic book style art. So mm-hmm. they actually went and got art, got artists that did Doctor Who comic books mm. to do um, new art treatments for the the cards. Um, so like I'm gonna put the the whereas the the art from the the decks themselves are kind of more um, are more uh, realistic. So mm-hmm. like I just put into our chat that the normal tenth Doctor yeah, that mm-hmm. comes in the pre-constructed deck and it looks great and it's a it really looks- good. But you yeah. can get this version. Oh, that's in, cool too. Yeah, you can get that version Damn. in the collector boosters. Um, so it's neat because, and what's what's neat about the collector boosters? I bought two of them. Um, is they've always do collector boosters now with this sort of stuff. But for starters, I mean, they're cool. But like, and I like magic lore and magic characters. But like, I don't necessarily need a fancier version of just a normal magic card because like unless it's some kind of, I mean, there are some iconic magic characters, but for the most part, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't have a connection to um, a lot of the, the, you don't generate a connection to a brand new character from a new set. Like you might think it's really cool, but I don't know if it's to the extent that I need some kind of expensive alternate art version of the card. Um, so I've never really been that compelled to buy collector boosters. The Lord of the Rings ones were very cool, but they were too expensive. They were like 45, 50 bucks for a collector booster because those were the, the boosters that had the chance at the serialized ring cards. So they were way overpriced. Um, and it made it not fun. These do have serialized cards in them. They did do serialized versions of each of the doctors, but, Meaning that there's a, when I say serialized, I mean that like they printed um, the, they printed, it's 500 plus the number of the doctor. So like there's 510 serialized 10th doctors, Mm. but like, and it's cool, but people aren't as crazy about them as they are about the rings. Um, They're not, they're not like gouging the price of the collector boosters. And what's nice is you, you buy, you take home the commander decks, you take home a pack of collector boosters you know that everything you open from those collector boosters, you can swap into the decks and replace the cards and the normal versions of the cards in the decks with the kind of fancier looking collector booster cards. So like I got, I didn't get any, I didn't get like the 10th doctor or anything, but I got a TARDIS frame Dalek squadron, which is one of the cards in the masters of evil deck. And so I've swapped that in for the, the normal Dalek squadron in there. And I also got a foil TARDIS frame weeping angel. So I swatted that slotted that in for the weeping angel that was in the deck. And it's just kind of cool. So now when I play that deck, I have some, some kind of blingier, cooler looking versions of the cards, um, which is a lot of fun. So uh, I think they handled the collector booster as well this time too. Uh, the, the TARDIS, the TARDIS frame TARDIS card in particular is a fun looking, uh, cause it uses the border and it has, oh, that's cute. but it's also just like the door opening into the TARDIS. So that, that, that's, that's kind of fun. That's neat. I um, like that one. Yeah. So I'm I, a big, big, big fan of this release. Yeah. It seems like a really cool release and I will probably be keeping an eye on, on that deck to see if I will finally buy some magic cards. <laughs> um, yeah. Because, uh, because it looks, it's, it's so cool. They've, they've been really doing a really cool job of, I know that the mechanics aren't necessarily, um, you know, aimed at 
new players, but in terms of aesthetic, I'm like, this is pretty, they've, they've been making a lot of really cool cards. They're not, it's not out of, it's not absurd either. I mean, you can learn to, you can definitely learn to play it. It's, it's not, it's not, uh, I wouldn't say that it's prohibitive for new players. It's just nice that they put out decks that have kind of more going on than your typical commander precon. Um, it's, it's, it's nice. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's <clears throat> definitely nice for for you and and for other Magic fans who aren't who you know if if you bought this deck and it's pretty much like kind of boring to play, that wouldn't be very fun at all. So yeah, it sounds like uh very cool. Definitely gonna keep my eye on that, and I am sure again we're gonna be hearing more Magic talk from Pat in the future, but. It's this seems like a very cool like I mean I I always like to hear about it and I there's a lot of really cool stuff that they're working on so uh very neat um yeah so I only have like I I don't have that much more to talk about personally I just played a little bit of um well not a little bit I played a decent amount of the um Story of Seasons, uh, a wonderful life remake, um, because that I decided that was my childhood favorite, uh, or that that's the one that I played at Harvest Moon when I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. Was a wonderful life. That's the one I kind of grew up on, and so I was playing it. So it's 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 interesting because it's one of those where if I was if I if you were asking like oh what kind of chill farming game should I play? I don't know if I would necessarily recommend it because there's there isn't that much to do in it really. But that's just be, but but it, it's I, for me it's just pure nostalgia to play it. So that's why I've been kind of working my way through it because I'm just like, oh yeah, it's these characters and this and this town and I know where I know how to get everywhere and how what to do everything. So uh played quite a bit of it when I was younger. So it's um it's 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 been fun. I don't know how much I'm going to play. It, it's kind of sad, but one of the reasons I decided to pick it up is because the music in particular is very, very nostalgic for me. So I kind of just wanted to wander around and listen to the music and be like, oh yeah, it's this it's this game. So um yeah, not uh don't know how much I'm gonna play of it. Um, I've I've just gone through um, spring, so the first season, and I uh, one of the things that's really cool about this is that it, things keep changing as years go on and as time goes on. So it, it'll be it'll be fun to do that again. But um, but it, it 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 does bring me back to just play this and be like, man, I. It, it's fun to play those games that you really enjoyed when you were a kid. So that that's been enjoyable because there's like certain little things that I'm like remembering, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is what I used to do in this game. That's I, and I hadn't thought about that in however many years. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so very very fun. Um, I don't know if I have very much else I have to say about that. Just, uh, it, it, it's fun to play those kinds of games. Um, and yeah. Anyways, cool. this, yeah, this I, might, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a farming, there's a farming game that I'm vaguely interested in playing, uh, that came out 
few days ago called Harvest Island. Oh, interesting. Uh, that is a it bills itself as a horror farming simulator. Oh, interesting. Uh, and um, it seems like it's maybe like kind of like you're just playing Stardew, but then as if you explore kind of further away from your farm over time, it gets more messed up and like scary stuff starts happening and there's like eldritch gods or whatever. Oh, cool. So, I don't know. I, it's it might be looks, a fun thing. It looks to play. like it might be kind of cool to check out for this season. October. Yeah. 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 Cause I, I, I haven't done enough of like horror stuff this this October, but I need to change that because it's uh, yeah, same. Uh, I, I like I like a good horror movie or somebody to play a couple, maybe play that or a horror game or or something like I, that. I did also remember I play. I've been playing some. I forgot that I wasn't on to talk about it last week. I've been playing some um, uh, party animals, mm. which is a kind of like gang beastie mm-hmm. thing. I think it's a lot of fun. I'm not playing a ton of it, but I'm playing it like here and there and it's it's pretty great. It's very cute. The visuals are amazing. Uh it's it's like super adorable animals that have that sort of gang beast like it's got that momentum thing going on where yeah. like they sort of like they like move and their heads kind of tilt back as they're like running around and mm-hmm. the, 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 the animations are very funny. Um, and uh, it's, it's got a bunch of bunch of different maps, several different fun modes. There's like sports modes where you're trying to score goals or carry a football over an end zone or whatever. Um, well, everyone's trying to beat you up and stop you. And then it's also got just like combat modes. And then there's also, some that have more elaborate objectives around them, but um, it's a lot of fun. It's got some negative press on Steam because it's made by a Chinese studio, and they kind of got they they like had to delay the game a bunch, I guess, and so the cost of it development kind of went up, and in the the way that they've are covering that is it's twenty dollars everywhere including china and usually i guess games are a lot cheaper in china so there's like the people in the chinese market are like hammering it with negative reviews because Mm. it's it's not cheaper i guess Mm. Um, so it's kind of a weird situation with it there um it does also have a lot of microtransactions for cosmetics which feels it is does have that feel of like uh, this feels like a free to play game once you launch it, and I did pay twenty bucks for it, but whatever, yeah. it's fine. It's worth twenty bucks in my opinion because it is very fun and very cute, and it's very fun to, to hop into for a couple games at the end of a night. Um, so cool. recommend to anyone who likes Gang Beasts. I like it more than Gang Beasts, uh, and I like it more than Fall Guys. Um, those games are both you know good games. This one just hits for me because I think the aesthetic of the the animals is super works for me because um, they're very cute. And it's very funny to just like sprint across a stage and just fucking drop kick like an otter off of the stage. <laughs> and that's it's just so funny looking. I'm I always am laughing when I'm playing it. Good. Yeah, no, that's that's always fun to find find something like that. Um Yeah, definitely. Um so well I yeah, I think that might just uh, 
might be a uh, short episode for us today, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Start episode today. <laughs> I'll I'll <laughs> I'll go play more video games. I have more to talk about next time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that'll do it. Um, you can find us at uh, please uh, on all of your podcast platforms or whatever pl- podcast platform you use. Uh, go rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, Pat, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me. Um... I guess on Twitter at PGC Plays and then also at Pat C on. Yeah, you can sort of find me on Twitter at W R I T E R S E R E N Y T Y. I deleted it off my phone because I was too sad, uh, but mm-hmm. we'll see. <laughs> I I haven't deleted my account, so I don't know. I we'll see where when I use it. But I was just I was just feeling bummed, so I'm like I I can't look at this right now. But uh, you can. Um, Thank you, Jeff Davis, for the music. Uh, you can find uh, them at Stranger Peace on everything, TikTok, social media. Um, and you can find us at Fix Podcasts. I don't know when any of us have actually updated that. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, for what it's worth. But anyways, <laughs> that'll do it. And I will see you later. <laughs>